AJ, before we begin, I just need to ask you a few questions. Um, where were you on the night of June 30th, 2012? Um, well, this was, uh, this was freshman year of high school, so I was probably playing Team Fortress 2 or something like that. I believe it was Saturday. Um, AJ, you're gonna have to give, you're gonna have to be a little more specific. You know, we really, we really just want to get a clear picture of what happened that night. Who was involved? Oh, you know that. I was hoping you wouldn't ask about that. Okay, look, it was a pleasant evening, nothing special. I was in a payload map, taking down uh, the blue team as you do, trying to get the payload to the checkpoint. And then all of a sudden, I hear this banging noise. I leave my room, and nothing seems out of the ordinary. And then it happens again. I hear footsteps. I, I run downstairs, and I'm like, Who, "What's going on here?" And then I saw it. My wax figurine of Coolio was beheaded. That must have been a difficult thing to see. Oh my gosh, I was distraught for a week. And they never did find the killer. Yeah, that kind of thing really does stick with you. Um, AJ, this is tough because, you know, I, I gotta I gotta be honest with you. Your friend in the other room, he, he told us everything. What? I mean everything. What did he say? Well, he said that there was a hefty insurance policy on Wax Coolio. He said, you know, 90s nostalgia is really ramping up. People would pay a lot of money for it. And Bastard. You weren't willing to sell, but... I can't believe this. I cannot believe this. He uh, seemed to imply that maybe it was an inside job. You know, I'm so glad I cut ties with that absolute wreck a couple of years ago because who knows how many more of my wax statues he would have gotten to. AJ, I'm not sure you understand. See, he seemed to imply that you really wanted that wax coolio insurance money. You would have done just about anything to get it. You're hey, in a tight hey, spot. Hey, 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 you, you, you can't pin this on me. I've got nothing to do with it. I've, I've, I've got, I've got a, I've got a, a good job. I, I've got, I've, I pay my bills. I've got enough money to. Fine, I did it. There we go. Isn't isn't that just much easier? I did it. It's a doggy dog world, and Coolio couldn't cut it. Are you happy? Can't say that I am, but uh, thank you for working with us. I need a minute. to Into the Falls, a Gravity Falls podcast. I'm Mary, and I know lots of things. I'm AJ, and I know nothing. This is a podcast where I guide AJ through the wonderful weirdness of Gravity Falls, my favorite show that he has never seen. If you're a new arrival like me, or looking to relive some crazy summer memories, come with us, and let's dive into the falls. So this is a special day for us because as we're recording this, our first episode is live. Huzzah! It has been so long, Jesus Christ. I know, right? It's been like five months that we've been talking about doing this. About two months since we recorded the first episode, I think. We recorded that in April. Yeah, that was wild. And the show's starting to get a little darker, I think. It's definitely an interesting uh, turn of events to go from these whimsical monsters and, you know, these classical horror uh, villains and then to go to, oh, we've got a murder on our hands. 
Oh, hey, kids, we tried to straight up behead your family member. (laughs) No, no, no big deal. We just wanted to rule the night is all. And now a brief recap of Gravity Falls Season 1, Episode 3, Headhunters, aired June 30th, 2012. Seuss interrupts the kids' TV time to show them a hidden room he's discovered within the mystery shack. Inside, they find an abandoned wax museum that used to be the shack's biggest attraction, until Stan forgot about it and sealed it up. When Stan discovers that wax Abraham Lincoln is melted, Mabel offers to sculpt a new figure and creates a near-perfect replica of Mr. Mystery himself. Of course, Stan's pretty excited to show off his exquisite likeness to the public, so he reopens the wax museum with an unveiling ceremony at which he shortchanges the townspeople out of the free pizza that was advertised as part of the event. Everyone leaves enraged, and that night the family finds Wax Stan's decapitated body in the living room. His head and his murderer are nowhere to be found. The local cops don't know what to make of the crime scene and laugh off Dipper's offer of assistance. But after they leave, he and Mabel discover an axe behind the recliner and footprints with holes in them on the carpet, which leads them to interrogate several suspects around town, finally closing in on local reporter Toby Determined. Everything seems to add up until Toby proves his innocence with some rather disturbing security footage and Sheriff Blubbs dusts off the axe to find no fingerprints whatsoever, which is especially weird since by this point in the episode it's been handled by like six different people. After Wax Stan's funeral, the kids lament their inability to solve the case until they realize every figure in the Wax Museum has a hole in one of their shoes. This plus their lack of fingerprints leads Dipper to the conclusion that the Wax figures themselves are the culprits, having come alive during the night and beheaded their uncanny brethren. Wax Sherlock Holmes confirms his theory and explains that they were actually after the real Sam, wanting revenge after he closed the Wax Museum and sealed them away. A brawl starts between the kids and the murderous statues, including Sherlock, Shakespeare, Coolio, and Larry King. But Dipper and Mabel ultimately win by melting them with candles, hot coffee, and good old-fashioned sunlight. Stan dismisses their version of events, but in the end they find Wax Stan's head, repair the statue, and show up the cops. Everything is pretty much returned to normal, except for the disembodied wax head of Larry King hopping around in the vents, unbeknownst to the Pines family. So yeah, you you mentioned the cast list before we started recording. Will Forte's in this episode again. Did you did you catch him? I d- I did not. All right. Well, just no googling. You're on the honor system. Of course, of course. We'll see when you catch Will Forte. Uh, no googling, but you are allowed to look at the credits as you're watching the episode. Well, thank you. That might give you some information you need. Yeah, and I mean, looking at it, the wax figures uh, cast list. I did not, honestly, I did not really expect that they would actually get Coolio to play Coolio. Or Larry King play his own wax figure. I remember thinking that was really random to have a wax Coolio. And like, it's so random that it's like, oh, they must have gotten the real guy. And I actually, mean, I, I guess with uh, with Disney's budget, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And Larry King, of course, was down for everything. Rest in peace. He's hopping around in the vents of our hearts. We stand wax Larry King. Bless up. We stand Stan. That's who we stand. Yes, we do. And also freaking John Oliver as uh, as Wax Sherlock Holmes. I don't know why I didn't catch that at first. John Oliver's amazing. I didn't catch it at first either. Like, I, I think I knew that he was doing a guest voice, but I couldn't, like, pick out his voice as Sherlock Holmes. And, like, now I can hear it, but it's like he's totally just, he's playing a character. It's not just, oh, we got John Oliver and he's going to be John Oliver. Yeah, this isn't, uh, this isn't a last week tonight bit. This is uh, something different. <laughs> And also last week tonight wasn't on until a few years ago. So like he wasn't as big of a name, but like he was still I think he was still on The Daily Show at the time. So, you know, people knew who he was. Yeah, that makes sense. I got to say, this is a better performance than he gave in The Lion King. Uh, Wasn't his fault 
Really, the voice cast for that movie was good. You could tell they were trying. The animation did them no favors. Like, there's, like, the scene where Scar's telling everybody that Mufasa and Simba are dead. It cuts to Rafiki and Zazu, like, off in the distance. They're supposed to be looking sad. Zazu has the exact same face for the entire movie because he's a, he's a realistic-looking bird. And he just says, oh, dear. And I'm watching him, like, that could be your response to literally anything. Oh, my gosh. That is not grief. <laughs> That's just, like... You spilled coffee on your shirt. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. This is going to be a mild inconvenience now, isn't it? Oh, dear. It is an awful shame that that child died. Oh, fiddle-faddle. Well, a hullabaloo. No, but he is having a lot of fun in this role, you can tell. He's just going so hard. Yeah, it's amazing. Just have you seen my magnifying glass? It's enormous! Yeah, right? I mean, you know what they say about people with big magnifying glasses? What do they say, AJ? Uh, they're big nerds. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. That was literally a note I put in uh, in my little uh, document while I was watching this episode. Well, a note I put in my document is a list of all the wax figures that I could pick out. Uh, a couple of them I didn't recognize, but we know they have Robin Hood, Edgar Allan Poe, Genghis Khan, who of course they mentioned by name, so that's a bit of a cheat, Groucho Marx, who I did not know who it was when I first saw this episode. Like, I knew it was a reference <laughs> to something. I think I, I recognized the image vaguely, but I didn't, I didn't know who the Marx Brothers were where they have Shakespeare, Richard Nixon, I think that was Elizabeth II, and uh, Lizzie Borden, who it took me a few watches to recognize. But of course, that's where they got the axe. Lizzie Borden, I don't, you don't I know who, don't You don't follow. know who Lizzie Borden is? Oh my wasn't God. Wasn't she, wasn't she one of Henry VIII's like 10,000 wives? Not even close. Oh my God. If you notice like the woman in like the old timey dress holding the axe. So in the 1890s, Lizzie Borden was accused of murdering her dad and her stepmother mom with an axe, like really, really butchering them. And she got acquitted mostly because people thought a woman couldn't possibly have done it. Like she couldn't possibly be capable of it. And she played that up in the court. It's just such a famous case. And it's so creepy. There's a nursery rhyme about it or like a schoolyard rhyme about it. There's movies about it. There's a BuzzFeed Unsolved episode about it. There's all these theories as to why she did what she did. That is wild to put in a freaking Disney cartoon. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's why they didn't mention her by name. But I'm 99% (laughs) sure that's who it's supposed to be. I don't know who else it could be. Yeah. And I mean, the uh, in the beginning of the uh, of the episode, the obligatory uh, Abraham Lincoln melted. Oh, it was John Wilkes Booth gag. I love the implication that they made a wax Lincoln and a wax John Wilkes Booth. I mean, you can really... Well, Abraham Lincoln could certainly do without the other, but I mean, they're inexplicably linked. But like, why would you, why would you make a John Wilkes Booth wax figure? There's no, like, just make Lincoln. I don't know. Hey, he was a famous actor in his day. Not in our day. In his day. (laughs) All right, but uh, speaking of pop culture icons, when they're like going to interrogate everybody, one of the people on their checklist is Uncle Phil. So I, I think that's a fresh person. Okay, I did not notice that. That is hilarious. I guess everyone in town just calls that guy Uncle Phil. Or maybe they're going to interrogate fictional sitcom character Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, this implies that maybe Uncle Phil retired to Gravity Falls after the events of the series. So that means that Fresh Prince and Gravity Falls are set in the same universe. Yes, that is amazing. 
Yeah, this is just a really good episode to get to know the townspeople a little better, because what better way to get to know your neighbors than to interrogate them for a murder? Yeah. (laughs) And it's really nice that we get to see a few uh, key locations around this town. It seems very, very quaint. Yeah, so we're definitely, you know, the last two episodes, first one was mostly at the Mystery Shack, second one was mostly at the lake. This one, we're kind of exploring more. Yeah, we get to visit a biker bar. We do. It's fun. Did you notice Alex Hirsch in that scene? Uh, nope. You couldn't pick out his voice? I believe, I'm 99% sure he was the biker that Mabel was doing the fortune teller thing with. The cootie catcher. <laughs> I'll listen back, but I think you, I'm pretty sure you might be right. You can definitely hear it when Mabel leaves and he says, but will she love me? Like, that's definitely Alex. Yeah, I thought that scene was just adorable. I was immediately flashed back to like elementary and middle school where everybody was doing that stuff. Oh yeah, I could never fold them myself. I don't know if I folded one. It might have been once, but I was always on the, uh, I was always on the receiving end. That's what she said. Damn, AJ. Audience doesn't need to know what you're on the receiving end of all right moving on I, w- I would just like to apologize publicly to our listeners and to AJ for who I am as a person. Yeah, speaking of that biker bar, did you notice there's a sign in the background that just says neon? <laughs> I don't think I'd ever caught that before. I mean, I didn't either, but like that's pretty on brand with the show's humor. There's also a sign that's in neon. It says H-U-R-Z-C-H. Yeah, I, w- I was wondering about that. What does that spell, AJ? It spells Hirsch. It spells Hirsch, but in a really weird way. Hirsch. Hirsch? Yeah, so we got some little Easter eggs. Oh, no, we saw Manly Dan in the last episode, but this is, I think this is the first time we know who he is and we really get a scene with him. So he's the lumberjack. Yeah, we're really getting to know the side characters more. You know, Seuss isn't in this one as much, but he got a pretty meaty role in the last one. Wendy's in it a little bit more. Yeah, I uh, I just, I really like that gag where she's like, it's, it's the bribe, the bribery gag. Your uncle probably bribed them. So here's the thing about him bribing Dipper and Wendy. I'm not sure, like, he's their employer. So I'm not sure it's really bribing them as much as it is as much as it is paying them to do an extra task for work. Like, it's basically just overtime. <laughs> yeah. Overtime! Which, I mean, pay your employees overtime. That that should go without saying. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't go without saying for Stan, because he doesn't want to pay them, period, but he has to. I'm sure if uh, if we're up to him, he would just keep all of the uh, all the income from the, the wax exhibit for himself. Didn't he... Didn't he actually do that? I mean, probably. I don't know who was working there at the time. Like, I don't know how long it's been. Probably like, I mean, it it would depend on when Coolio really became a big name, but probably around like 15 years before the events of the show. When did Gangsta's Paradise come out? August 8th, 1995. 1995, so probably about 15 years or so. Going back from 2012, that is. It's got to be far enough ahead to uh, plan people's minds that, oh, he's a novelty, but, you know, not so far forward as for people to go like, wait, who was he again? I studied abroad in London in 2019 and Madame Tussauds already had a Dua Lipa figure, so it's not that far-fetched. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. I I must have mentioned Richard Nixon. He's on my list. I am not a crook. (laughs) I like that he doesn't really have lines in this episode. He's just making Nixon noises. That was absolutely ridiculous. And I loved every second of it. Yeah, it's very fun when they like this is one of the few times that they're allowed to like reference real life figures because you you do that very sparingly on kids TV. 
an animation at yeah. least. Yeah. I don't know why the rules are different, but like you'll listen to the commentaries and they'll say like, yeah, we're not allowed to use brand names or like like we can't say the Olympics and we can't say like McDonald's, which I don't know why that's a thing in animation. Like I remember watching Disney Channel sitcoms growing up and they'd reference like Katy Perry and stuff, but like you can't do that in a cartoon for some reason. I don't know. The way I'm thinking about it now is that maybe they view animation as like a different reality. So can't really make connections to like our reality in that sort of way, which is interesting because in some sitcoms, I've seen them like alter brands. Like you see a soda can and it's like, oh, it's supposed to look like Coke, but it it's not actually Coke. Well, I know they can't they can't show the logos in most shows like they have to they have to either blur them out or like alter them a little bit. Yeah, I just love when they uh, when they make up new uh, new brand names that are just slightly adjacent to the actual brand name so that you pick up on it and they're like, oh, that's what's that's that's what that's supposed to be. Yeah, but like then you'll watch you'll watch like an episode of Friends and in the background there'll be a box of cereal and it'll say gotta have that crunch instead of Captain Crunch. Like it's clearly Captain Crunch, but it they can't say that. I just think that's funny. Oh, talking of, this part of the podcast brought to you by Friends Tangents. I'll they'll they'll be there for you. Could we be any more off topic that's my chandler impression in case in case you didn't catch that hey did uh speaking of catching did you guys catch uh jennifer aniston and courtney cox's nipples right on screen because i saw i used to see that when i was like 14 and it would play on nick at night and i thought i was going insane i'm like has why why is no one mentioning this i think i did i see that episode but you can see their nipples I, through their shirts you can always see them and it just, it's so weird great now when i now when i start season two of friends i'm that's the one thing i'm gonna be thinking about and i don't really want that so thanks mary this has been nipple watch you're welcome this part of the podcast brought to you by nipple tangents they always stick out even when you don't want them to hey i'm just on a roll today yeah, back to the show. I think this episode really shows how precocious he is. Uh, like, we've seen it before. Like, he wants to be taken seriously. He wants to solve mysteries and stuff. This is like, people are actively telling him, no, you're a kid. You can't do this. And he's like, no, I'm a I'm, I'm big boy. I knew this. <laughs> <laughs> That's That impression was very dipper. You get that a lot in the, uh, in the pilot, Tourist Trapped which we just released on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. But also, yeah, this is definitely one where he's really allowed to shine or that he wants to shine as much as he can. And everybody's just kind of shooting him down. Yeah, I think I think a really good moment for that is right at the beginning where he turns to Mabel. And he's like, just by smelling your breath, I can tell that you've been eating. And, and I'm watching it. I'm like, that's not really detective work. That's just using your senses. But but but, uh, uh, but Jessica, Jessica Fletcher, Fletcher does that all the time in Murder she wrote and look, look how, how much, much we, we love, love her. her well you know what aj i've never seen murder she wrote what so i don't you, know <laughs> you got it's amazing if you had a grandmother you probably watched murder she wrote just by just by association um i remember my grandmother very well she did not watch murder she wrote in my presence i probably like caught it on cable once or twice, but I didn't, like, watch it. I do think that Angela Lansbury was robbed by getting recast for the film adaptation of MAME because Lucille Ball strong-armed her way into the role and even she knew it was a bad idea. This podcast brought to you by Jerry Herman Film Adaptation Tangents. Um, 
give Mame another shot. Maybe let someone take a crack at Lacajo Fall. I know he's dead now, but you can work something out with his estate. At least it'll probably be easier than getting Aaliyah's music on Spotify. Ooh, controversial. Anyway. I'm honestly surprised it took them so long to get to the wax figure reveal, because Dipper literally brings up while they're investigating, like, anything is possible in this town, and not once until the third act do they think oh, maybe the wax figures are alive. I guess that's like, like they didn't come from a place where this is possible. So maybe that's not their first instinct. And like, it also very easily could have a rational explanation, like a person did it. And of course they give us a rational explanation for why Toby could have done it. But no, he was uh, fucking a piece of cardboard. So he's <laughs> off the hook. Yeah. He is completely that's, innocent. I know the show plays it up as that's like so weird that he's doing that. But honestly, with the... Uh, just what I've seen around the furry fandom, that was like, okay, that was relatively tame. But I I mean, I totally understand why. Why why, why are you uh, smooching on a piece of cardboard, man? Just ask her out. All right, AJ, we know how much you love your Darkwing Duck cutout. We don't need to hear about it. In fact, get it off my screen. I'm looking at it. I'm disgusted. I see the marks. She's lying. I'm not. I am not I, a I'm crook. looking at it. I'm. I don't want to know what that stain is on his beak. I don't. Just get it off my screen. I did not have relations with that cutout. <laughs> oh my fucking god! Okay, in case in case people literally can't tell, I was I did completely make that up. There is no Darkwing Duck cutout uh, in my sight, and I just did a horrible Bill Clinton impression for everybody to hear. That's 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 now on the internet permanently. I mean, you edit the podcast, so it doesn't have to be. Yeah, so I have the last laugh after all. <laughs> I'm going to have my own audio, so I will still have the bit where we're talking about your Darkwing Duck cutout that you're definitely fucking. I'm about to be canceled. Super canceled. Well, then we'd better take a break before this episode goes even further down the crapper. Roll that rip roar and record scrap. <laughs> Hey, it's AJ, and in addition to my chosen role of city boy on this pod, I've also been hired by the recently established Gravity Falls Tourism Board to promote all the fun and quirky restaurants you can enjoy when you vacation in, uh, the most memorable town on the West Coast. Their words, not mine. So thus begins a segment I'm calling Tourist Treats. What to do in Gravity Falls, sponsored by the Gravity Falls Tourism Board. The subject this time is Hirsch, the Viking Biking Bar. Off to a good start. Opened in 1978, this landmark watering hole was established by some members of the local bike gang, Guitars, Cadillacs, Heavy Metal Music. Their gang's official mandated band was ACDC, and while our Swedish founders thought they rocked, they also thought ABBA rocked. So they created a place where they could go head over heels without getting thunderstruck with ridicule by their gang. Man, I should hire whoever wrote this. Anyway, now it's a popular place for anyone to get a little Scandinavian. With their Swedish meatball platter served on a little wooden boat, karaoke contests every second Tuesday night, and the opportunity to slay old man McGucket's gobblewonker robot for the honor of your clan, uh, BYOS, bring your own spear. I wonder if this is legal. Uh, so, for the largest selection of beer in town and the opportunity to say hey to some burly bearded dudes, come on down to Hirsch 
where you'll thoroughly have the time of your life. Mention Manly Dan for a free round on him. Literally. Okay. Well, I, uh, I hope your next vacation is inspired as much as mine is. That concludes this edition of Tourist Treats. Join me next time for another great place to visit next time your parents send you to Gravity Falls for the summer. I'm AJ, and remember, we are not responsible for you falling for this dumb parody ad. Yeah, I actually have in my notes here that uh, they actually gave us a couple of clues throughout the episode that it was going to be the wax figurines. And I didn't notice at first, but I just want to say, AJ, figurines implies that they're very small. Okay, wax, wax statues. Yeah, I mean, I got that wrong in the beginning. That's what any any good mystery does is like, well, I mean, you were talking about your Coolio figurine. So that could have been a figurine and not a full size statue. That's your own thing. That's not this episode. That's your life. Yes. That's what any good mystery does is it like lays out the clues, but then it like tells you that they're pointing in one direction when really they're pointing in another. Yeah, like the uh, the, sh- the footprints that they found at the feet of Wax Stan. And then in the same shot, you see Wax Stan's feet with the hole in the foot. Yeah. And then it's like... Yeah, it is right there. They're they're just like daring us to figure it out. I don't think I did the first time I saw this episode. I think I was with Dipper and Mabel. I was like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Oh, what? Huh? Huh? Yeah, it's uh, it's really right there, obviously foreshadowing. But then, you know, you you want to see what kind of conclusions they come to. And I mean, that theory that uh, Dipper made up for uh, for for the newspaper guy, that was very compelling. Like if Could this were uh, if this were an Ace Attorney case, I would and I were the judge, I would be very swayed. I think I just now noticed for the first time they're using toilet paper as police tape. To close off the crime scene? Wait, what? They've just written do not cross on a thing of toilet paper and stretched it across the room? <laughs> that is hilarious. Fun fact, I once walked right past a crime scene in London when we were getting back from Venice very late at night uh, into the early morning, and two of the girls in my class walked right into it. Uh, there was nobody there, but it was taped off, and there was blood on the sidewalk. That is, that is unexplainable. Like, I mean, it's not unexplainable. London has a really big knife crime problem, so someone probably got stabbed. I, I mean, it's unexplainable why those girls would just walk into the crime scene. Like, they did they not, not notice the blood or the or the tape? No, none of us noticed until they were like, "Oh shit, we just walked into a crime scene." Because <laughs> it was, we were all exhausted. We were all like in our own conversations. We were walking in a big crowd, and then we just like we're like, "Oh, someone, something happened. Somebody died." We don't know if they died, but you know, so, something bad happened. Yeah. Uh, speaking of crime scenes, the cops in this town really don't see much action, do they? Like, I, I pointed that out in my notes like three or four times. I mean, it's a small town and that's probably for the best. Yeah, I suppose the best days are when there is no action to speak of. But I mean, like, do you want just... them? Do you want them investigating a murder? No, nah, I would like for Gravity Falls to not turn into Cabot Cove. Thank you. Yeah. But I mean, it's... <laughs> Those cops are it's delightful. Like they've they've got to be, there's got to be work for them to do other than uh, just uh, head over to wherever Dipper is and just roast the shit out of him. Well, there is work for them to do because Steve's going to fit an entire cantaloupe in his mouth. Oh, oh yeah. You, you know what? My, my bad. That's, that's clearly something that needs to be witnessed. That's something that really deserves their attention. They're doing very important work, AJ. Yeah. So this is the part where I ask you if there's anything in the backgrounds or certain lines of dialogue, anything you noticed? Uh, 
something that stuck out to me is just how self-aware a bunch of people are in this in this episode like i mean when uh when sherlock holmes is confronting them and they're like do you really think you can stop me and they're like oh i I don't know maybe (laughs) it's like you gotta admire that i like that uh they horrifically melt off genghis khan's face i mean if anyone deserves it it's him yeah and and that's that savage burn that uh the dipper left for him as he was dying felt harder than the Jin dynasty i think maybe okay Blam. Roasted. I like at the end when Mabel is holding Wax Shakespeare's head and he's like trying to negotiate with her and she just throws him into the fire. I like this implication that she decides what is art and what deserves to burn. <laughs> know any limericks? Uh, there once was a dude from Kentucky. No! <laughs> then she's like, nerp. Melt his face off. Melt his face off. His work is only worth something because he's dead. Someone else wrote the plays anyway. We don't know that. Yeah, we don't know that. I love you, Shakespeare. Just because he didn't have a formal education doesn't mean he couldn't write those plays. Uh, going back to everybody's self-awareness, I mean... Wait, wait, wait. That... Let's, let's stay in this for a minute. Let's let everybody know that you hate people who didn't get a proper education. Um, AJ is an elitist <laughs> f- We know that now. Hey, just because I got a piece of paper from some school, that, that does not carry with it those connotations. Well, you're adamant insistence that Shakespeare couldn't possibly have written those plays. I mean, that's that's pretty damning. This is the second time this podcast that I've been canceled. We're going to we're going to have to hold you for the night. You know, you'll you'll get your phone call, but we're going to have to keep you here for a while. It wasn't just that you were implicating me on my own beheading of my Coolio wax figure. Now I'm <laughs> now I've been canceled for having a Darkwing Duck cut out in my room and no, also AJ. for for being an elitist f- well, AJ, now you're changing your story, because earlier you told me it was a wax figurine of Coolio. Now you're telling me it was a wax figure. Now, was this a little desktop paperweight, or was it a life-size statue of 90s rapper Coolio? I don't have to answer that. I want my lawyer. I'm I'm just asking questions. All right, you want to call your lawyer? Call your lawyer. All right. Phoenix, get the gun. Objection! Yeah, so this the show's starting to get darker because they were straight up going to decapitate a man. Yeah, that was that was definitely a wild turn. Like, I, I don't even know what to say about that. They were literally going to take an axe and just lob off Stan's entirety, weren't they? I mean, it's straight out of the Twilight Zone. Like, that's one of the only episodes of the Twilight Zone that genuinely creeped me out when I first saw it was the wax figure one. Yeah, I mean, there's just something inherently creepy about that, as well as uh, as well as animatronic robots. It's like Uncanny Valley. Of course. You're like, that's a person. They should be moving, but they're not. But they're not. And then, I mean, just the vast amount of horror content based around freaking wax figures and puppets and dolls, animatronic robots. Like it's ingrained in our minds that these things are secretly evil and that they are out to get us. I like that. Well, first of all, Dipper and Mabel really, really planned out how they were going to confront Toby Determined. They had their whole speech. They had all their little quips. They were ready. They would make good. uh, They would make good lawyers. They would. Except they lost this case. I mean, they didn't lose because they survived, but you know. 
And they they did find the real culprits in the end. That's true. They had a bum lead, but uh, they exhausted all their leads and they they found they found the real one. They solved the case. They saved Wax Stan. Yeah. And by extension, real Stan, you could say. I Although, say. Uh, good, good job, dude, for not really believing them when... Uh, when these mystical things have happened to them the past two episodes and also coming from a guy who literally owns a tourist trap called the mystery shack like look at the pot calling the kettles black i mean that's how he that's how he makes his money but do you think do you think just because alex hirsch wrote a show about supernatural happenings that means he actually believes that wax figures could come to life probably (laughs) this is probably ripped straight from his childhood this this i bet this exact thing happened to him yeah it's just a bad uh visit to Adam Tussauds or Chuck or Chuck E. Cheese or both or both <laughs> in the same day. Yeah, <laughs> I did wonder while they were presenting Wax Stand for the first time, should you be keeping all those wax figures outside during the summer? I don't know how hot it gets in Oregon. I hear it can get as cool as like in the 60s during the summer. But, you know, they're out in the sun. That's not a great idea. Yeah, Definitely not, especially considering what happened to Sherlock Holmes in the in the episode's climax. I was going to say what happened to Wax Lincoln just through sunlight through a window. Oh, yeah, that too. Such a shame. Damn shame. Oh, captain, my captain. Speaking of the presentation scene, that's when we really get to know a lot of the townspeople. That's where we've, uh, I think it's the first time we see Chandra Jimenez, the reporter, voiced yeah. by Kari Walgren, doing her patented reporter voice. You watch literally any cartoon, and she probably plays a reporter in it with that exact inflection. She does it in DuckTales. She does it on Young Justice. Well, thanks for clarifying for me, because I was literally just about to look up who played Roxanne Featherly. Oh, yeah. I mean, who else? I mean, that that is that is the reporter voice. That is exactly how everybody sounds on every local newscast ever. Oh, for sure. It's like it's like how that guy from Parks and Rec who plays Perd Happily plays a reporter in literally everything he does. Sometimes people don't want to be typecast, but if you can do it well, do it well and do it everywhere. I think he was a real reporter and he only wanted to play reporters if he was on TV. That's a pretty good way to make a career. Yeah. I remember I was showing my parents some episodes of Parks and Rec and my dad just thought it was the funniest thing that his name was Purd. <laughs> like my mom walks into the room while we're watching an episode and he's like, his name is Purd. P-E-R-D. Purd. Like, it's the funniest thing to him. It feels like one of those, uh, one of those words that you say a couple of times and then it loses every single bit of meaning. So you mean every word in every language? Well, yeah. If If I say I a lot, like I start thinking... What does this mean? Why do, why does it mean that? Who decided what it was? Toothpaste. 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 Speaking of the power of words, I'd like to apologize for earlier calling AJ an elitist f- uh, That was some unfair language on my part. What I should have said is that you're a city boy! City boy! City boy! City boy! City boy! <laughs> oh, man. Those cops need to get a life. I just love that they're like harassing him over things that are just totally not not what you would think when you first see him. Like they're like, he's going to solve it with his fancy computer phone. Like, I don't think he even has a phone. They're like, oh, he's, co- he's coming into our town. He's going to solve our crimes. He doesn't think we're good enough. He's like, I don't. He's like, I don't. He's going just- to bring a Chipotle to town and we don't want that. Uh, he's like, I'm just here, man. Like, I'm just sitting here. This just reminds me when the big freeze happened a, couple, a few months ago here in Texas, I saw some people 
just going off about how horrible Texas is on Twitter. And I was literally just like, I just live here, man. Yeah. And like, it's like, do you know how big Texas is? Do you know how many people are there? Like, you think yeah, they're really? all, you think they're all insane? Do you think we're all just gun loving, God fearing, loud as f- people? Like, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> Good thing I got out of there. I was born in Texas, but we moved when I was a baby. Uh, I noticed everyone in everyone in Gravity Falls still seems to use VCRs, which you know, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Of course not. Why should Why should we use your fancy DVD players? I was watching the episode on my Blu-ray, and I was fast forwarding because I'd watched the first act a couple nights ago, and uh, there was no scene selection. And then I was trying to press play, and I forgot that my Blu-ray remote sucks, so I have to press play like 80 million times at a bunch of different angles to get it to actually play. You know, I bet the uh, the last existing blockbuster store ever in the Gravity Falls universe is probably in Gravity Falls, Oregon. Probably. It's a, it's a franchise location. They can keep it open however yeah. long they want. Wendy probably works there part-time. Maybe she worked there before the shack. Wendy doesn't seem like the type of person who would take two jobs. Yeah, that's that's pro- that's probably true. Oh yeah, real quick. How uh how in the red does your newspaper have to be for you to go to an event with a turkey baster as a microphone? I mean, don't knock it. My my microphone's a turkey baster. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. And you know what? It sounds great. Thanks. I think last episode, there's probably some clips there that could probably be me being elitist about microphones. But I just want to say, for the record, if you've got great content, it doesn't matter the gear. And don't listen to AJ because he's a fucking city boy. Yeah, definitely. Just disregard everything I say. I'm just... I'm just the guy visiting out of town in this wild, wacky place out in the middle of nowhere, Oregon. Guys, and he's recording I, us I on his. I don't know what's happening. He's recording here. us on his fancy computer phone. He's gonna put us on the YouTube, make us a novelty. Yeah. What you? You're famous on the internet. That's not a real job. Exactly. I don't know if you noticed they fist Dipper and Mabel when they're deciding they're when they're like planning out their interrogation. They fist bump at like a really weird angle. It's like I'm gonna oh, have yeah. to I'm gonna have to take off the blanket to demonstrate. But they like isn't it like isn't it like they like raise it up and then <laughs> and it's just it's just a way of like how the shot is composed. But it's like it's one of those things where it looks good framing wise or it looks okay framing wise. But if you really think about it, you're like, how are they kind of maneuvering that? Yeah. That's so weird. That's something I kind of like about uh, these these pieces of fiction. Like, you can think about them in this way and really unlock some stuff you either want or don't want to think about in the future. But it's like, I feel like that's not really what it's meant for in the first place. Like, stuff like this is just, you're meant to turn completely turn your brain off and just absorb it. When Mabel's planning out how she's going to make her wax figure, she gets really into fairy princess, part horse fairy princess. Whenever I hear fairy princess references, I just think they're not actually that prevalent in pop culture outside of people referencing them as a fairy tale. Like there's Thumbelina, uh, there's Barbie movies. That's about all I know for fairy princesses. Yeah, but that's still somehow that's the go to. Yeah. And I mean, can we talk about that drawing for a second? Like, does Mabel need help or something? Like, what 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 is that? What 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 is that? Uh, don't knock it, AJ. It's a work of art. Maybe I just don't understand. I don't think you do understand art. I think Mabel's the only one who understands art, and that's why she decides what art lives and what art dies. As opposed to Gadget Hackwrench from Chippendale Rescue Rangers, who decides which people live and which people die. Yeah, yeah, why don't you tell them about that, uh, that band episode? I made that up, is the thing. You're just like, you're completely silent, and you're like, what do you, what do you mean Gadget didn't really kill anyone? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, I I knew I knew you were making it up, but then it's like it's on Twitter now, so you're It is. That makes it true. It's it's your turn to get canceled. Uh is it my turn or is it the benevolent podcast god's turn? That's right. Like I did make that up, but I didn't tweet that. I don't control that Twitter account. I don't know who or what does. We just try to appease them. Yeah. Feed them little crumbs of bread as offering and uh offer our praises and hope that we don't get smited in the making of this podcast. Are you getting by on crumbs of bread? I had to make them focaccia from scratch. I had to make them roasted garlic focaccia and leave it outside my door and wait for them to take it. Wow. Uh, well, I mean, I can put in a good word. I mean, I could also put in a couple of good bills if you, if you, if you know what I mean. Oh, I know what you mean. I know you like Follow us on Twitter at the Falls cast. When when you said bills, I I was one hundred percent thinking duck bills. Yeah, like like I like I like I just keep them in a stash somewhere. I don't know. I don't know why Mabel doesn't get to have popcorn at the beginning. I don't know why Dipper's so possessive <laughs> of his popcorn. I mean, some people just are that way about their popcorn. I'm that way about drinks. I don't let I don't let people share drinks with me. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of gross if you really think about it. If you're uh, sharing a drink with someone that you've uh, that you've already drank, yeah. Like, even with my sisters, and it drives them crazy, like, they hate that I do it, but I'm like, no, no, it's gross. I know we have the yeah. same DNA. It's still gross. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, uh, those were all my notes on the episode, so I'll talk about some things that I touched on in my little waiting song. First of all, this isn't really how I wanted to announce it, but I am joining that weird Russian cult that worships Gadget Hackwrench as a god, because you know what? They're right. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. Your support means a lot to me. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've, uh, I've been my way around, uh, pop culture cults. Like, I'm in that, uh, Italian one, which is all about, uh, that one comic where Donald Duck is a superhero. It's fun. Now, I don't know, AJ, that sounds a little weird, but I'd, I'd better don my gadget robe and do my afternoon prayers. Anything else you want to say about this? Uh, no. I'm just excited for, uh, the, uh, the great Five Nights at Freddy's spinoff collaboration with Gravity Falls that's coming out soon. Of course. Five Nights at Stands. That just doesn't roll off the tongue as well. I think, I think we can do better. But, you know, that is the working title. How about Waxing Poetic? I, I don't know. Uh, something about wax. Like, we, we got it. Like, we can riff on the Five Nights at Freddy's thing, but it is a different thing. It's completely different because they're not animatronics. They're wax figures. That makes it a totally unique thing. Five Nights at sh- Shackies. Five Nights at Dippies. Five Nights at Dippers. Not Dippers, Dippies. Of course. It's a very important distinction. Gangsta's Paradise. <laughs> Five Nights at, at Dippies, Gangsta's Paradise. Five Nights at, at Dippies, City Boy, Gangster's Paradise. Starring Coolio. Five Nights using your computer phone before you go to bed, even though you're not supposed to, because it won't, you won't fall asleep properly, you won't get good sleep, you won't, your circadian rhythm will get all f***ed up. Five Nights at Thanks for Listening to Into the Falls. Five, five Nights at the next episode is Hand That Rocks the Mabel. I'll mention this for the sake of our conversation, we can leave it in or cut it out depending on how this shakes out, but season one, episode four of Hand That Rocks the Mabel, in addition to discussing it with AJ right now, the plan is that I'm going to be a guest on Mystery Shack Look Back, hosted by Charlie Marlowe and Ella Sasari. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. 
which launches its first episode tomorrow, actually tonight at midnight. And uh, we plan on having those two on pretty soon. So we're excited about that. Um, Definitely check them out. They're at Pipe Dream Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, we're just about anywhere you get your podcasts starting today. Huzzah! Check us out. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all the stuff. And we'll see you right back here next time. You can find me at that at that gadget cult and you can find me at that pkna cult this has been into the falls you can find me at mabel page pines on twitter and instagram that's mabel p-a-g-e pines i'm also may page on youtube and film knife on medium and wordpress that's where i post my film reviews and essays editorials etc you can follow the show on twitter at the falls cast all one word and into the falls podcast on youtube and i will hand it off to aj my fandom of choice is Disney Ducks and their many spinoffs, so for lots of that, follow me on Twitter at AJ underscore the underscore Blue Jay or Tumblr at AJ dash the dash Blue Jay. Into the Falls is hosted and produced by Mary McKeon and AJ Sanchez with music by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening, and until next time, trust no one. Discord to load. AJ is off of my screen. He may hear this song when he's editing, cause I haven't stopped recording. AJ, do you like my song? Let me know when you listen. I'm waiting for Discord to load. It's taking forever. Oh, wait, we're back. I'm waiting for AJ to call me back Cause we haven't finished talking about the episode We're probably on our way to the end We're probably in the last home stretch We probably don't have that much more to say We're talking about cartoons from the 80s Someone's mowing grass outside right now. I don't know if you can hear it. Cause my acoustics aren't all that good. I'm just wrapped in a blanket with my microphone. And I'm waiting for AJ to call me back. I'll check my other Discord servers while I wait for him. Welcome to our show. I hope you like it. Why are people FaceTiming me? We should probably get a more consistent schedule to record these episodes Cause it's been two months and we're only on episode three I'll check Twitter while I wait for AJ to call me back In fact, I'll disconnect and then I'll start the call again And just kind of wait for him to show up there you are. Yes, I'm back. I had to. Uh, I had to take a call about a job, real life stuff. Oh, yeah. I sang. I sang another little ditty that you can treat your ears to when you edit this.